You're listening to the Real Estate Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at REMAX Preferred, and Andy Presky, leader of the Preferred Home Team at REMAX Advantage Plus. Dobre! What's up, brothers? What did that say, Andy? I, well, I, until I rub it off, it said press play. Okay. I, just in case you didn't think it was live. I was oh. yesterday. Chris was making fun of me yesterday. I mean, today. I mean, every day of my life. And uh, I don't know. He said I do too much video. So I said, okay, fine. No, I don't. I didn't say that. I said I just saw. I've just been seeing a lot of videos of you lately. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna start well, dreaming about Andy. You see him on the socials, and it's in your subconscious. You're gonna be in our dreams. Uh, that's too bad. I feel bad for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> they uh. So um, what uh, last week? So we had kind of some fun here. We had our our guest host that was on for three seconds and got us like another hundred downloads. Um, <laughs> or some crazy stat you, like that. Can you bring Lisa in? Maybe that'll okay. help. She, she's yeah. not up here. Okay. All right. If she was up here, you'd hear typing. God, I know. I've got typers around here too that they're like freak shows. I mean, it's it's just flies. Do, do, you, uh, do you look in pack or do you actually, can you look at I look in pack. No. Me too. How about you, Nick? But I kind of know where they are. I can type in the dark. Yeah. But it's only with like one finger. It's really weird. I, you know, I even, <laughs> I didn't even admit this. I took typing class in high school twice, didn't make it through quite the first time. And I think I ended up with a C at the end of the, of the second time I took it. They had uh, computers like that for you guys? They just started. Typewriters. They actually, they still. Typewriters. Nick, it's not even funny. They had what they called word processors, which were typewriters with computer chips in them. They, they had a little screen on them, so it could kind of see before you press enter, and then it would type that line for you. And so we had to do word processing. They they had computers, but you only use those to play. What was that game we all played with the Cowboys on the prairie? Oregon um, Trail. Oregon Trail. Oregon Trail. That's all computers were good for back then. Andy, when did you graduate high school? 89. 89, okay. Yeah, you wouldn't have had that yet, so – no, we weren't. Uh, we weren't computer based quite. I was eighty five. That's what I was, was more mature than you. Eighty five yeah. graduate. Yep. I just remember we had a couple little Apple like they were they were like this high and this wide, and they had a little screen on the top, mm-hmm. a little spot for like a floppy disk, and they were this deep. You know, it's pretty crazy. So when you got into real estate, mm-hmm. was it already was the MLS already on computer yet? Or not? It, it just was converting. It just okay. went to the DOS based where it was a, a dark screen with green letters on it. Yeah. And so I learned on the dot based or dot, dot matrix printers. printers. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it was, it was okay. I mean, it worked. It was mm-hmm. just, you want to talk about something where if you write code all day, you'd get that screen. It'd be easy. But for somebody like me, who's very visual, I'm like, did I press the right buttons? Did I do the backslash equal, equal, equal nine enter? And did it, and then all of a sudden it pops up three new listings, and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, kind of crazy. Yeah, it's uh, it's changed a lot. I'll tell you. How about you? Yeah, no, I actually started when, um, well, 1990. So 
They just had the big MLS books that came out once a month. But when I, gosh, it probably wasn't too far after I started, they came out with uh, every two week book too. Mm. Or it was, yeah, every two weeks where the new listings would just come in there. And so that was kind of nice. But otherwise, we just, we'd have to really drive around and uh, see what was out there. I mean, for the well, most we, part. We had a pretty lucky, I mean, our office back in the day was, was very, uh, you know, salesperson centric in the sense that you could go in there and they would set up your showings for you and they would call the agents and actually confirm with the people. And, you know, so even though you really didn't have the computer to share, you'd call your client and say, well, I lined up uh, three houses to look at on Saturday. They're all three bedroom, two bath in the city you wanted. And uh, I'll pick you up at your house and let's, we'll go. And they'd, they'd drive with me in my car the whole time. And nowadays, what I find kind of interesting too is like everybody does their own research. They request showings from the actual listing agents, which by the way, uh, good luck if you ever try to, you know, get a deal on a listing because everything's, I'm going to go to the listing agent directly and get a better deal. Oh. There's no sliding scale. A lot of those guys don't have it where, you know, if you buy directly, they save money. They just make more commissions, what they do. So thank you for those that think that works. But Andy, when my, when my dad was going, I remember him telling me what they used to have to do. Mm-hmm. is to show a house you had to go to that real estate office first and get the key so you'd collect the keys and then you'd go out and you know open them up and then afterwards bring all the keys back to the individual brokerages can you imagine that well i think you wouldn't have uh, 100 houses before you wrote an offer yeah, yeah it's yeah. like that's where you'd see the real estate agents getting pissed i've shown you five houses oh my god hey speaking of uh getting 100 offers holy moly Crap is happening out there now. I mean, things that I'm like, all right, well, this one will probably sit for a little while. Oh, we got multiple offers. We're going to look at them at Thursday at five. What? The market is hot. It's uh, it's kind of crazy. And it's it's totally because of inventory. Low inventory. People rates came down a little. They're getting excited. They're jumping on stuff. You're not getting tons of multiple offers, but you're getting multiple offers. Well, it depends on what you're doing. I, I've uh, in the last week, my gosh, I've, I haven't done this many markets in a long time where it's getting ready, people calling, people wondering where they're at. And, and I think, you know, what happens is regardless of the economy, you know, you're, you're at a certain phase of your life and your life isn't going to pause because the economy's timing is wrong. So if you all of a sudden you got that bad leg, you need to get on one level or you have you're retired and you, you want a place you can get old in and you don't want to move twice. When you're older, because a lot of people all wait a few more years. And I go, really? You want to wait until you're in your 80s before you decide to move to your retirement house? Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're you you have to hire everything done. And you know, so I just I've always I've always thought it was like planning ahead a little bit, you know. This will be the analogy button. Like everybody does the graduation parties, right? And and then they wait right until their kids are ready to graduate before they remodel the house and do all the things they wanted to do. And then all of a sudden the kid moves out and they're like, why didn't we do this earlier? Same thing is with retirement or vacation homes, you know? <laughs> I don't know why that woman bothers me a little bit. I know. you got Nick's got to come up with a new one on that one. Yeah. I think he does. Maybe that could be Claudia, your, your gal. That could be like a photo. I'm surprised he doesn't put like Larry the Cable Guy or one of those guys up there. We got to help him. Poor guy is drowns in sunshine and uh, oceans. So, yeah, there, there's way more southern analogies. You know, the I'm hotter than a cat on a tan roof. You know those. 
<laughs> Those kind of, you know, Southern charm. Yeah. yeah um, we should get a Southern correspondent on here. Somebody that is full of them, you know. Hey, I got some uh, what's happening in the market stuff here. This is a right. New York Post article. Jeez, they got that stupid advertisement. So a small town movie theater in Hutchinson, Minnesota is on sale. And there's some luxury apartments on top of it. It's actually really neat. So let's uh, go through this. And I want to hear your guys' thoughts on that market down there. Is it growing? Is it is it falling? And would this be a, a cool little investment? So I think anytime you look at rural areas like Hutchinson is, um, as long as there's good internet, people are, and jobs are still online, they're go going to uh, take it. But boy, that's really that's really cool. That's one of the apartments. Yeah. yeah, these are apartments, the living room, one of the four apartments, and they're all like luxurious apartments like this. Why wouldn't you just buy that at your personal residence, Chris? They probably did. Now they're trying to maximize it. Well, Let's you stop. know, one Let's of the things Jack's. I was going to say about the, uh, about your, they probably own it, operate it, whatever, but the movie theaters right now, I mean, you guys have all seen this happen firsthand. These, these movies are not being released to the movie theaters anymore. And so these movie theaters are scrambling to kind of come up with, oh, uh, back in the day, vintage night with the old Disney movies or whatever. And then they have to pay 600 bucks to run one Disney movie one time and do the licensing on it, right? Because we, we had that this year where our, one of our client events, we do a movie event in December. And, and they were like, we literally until the week before really had no idea which movie was still going to hit the theaters versus go directly to streaming. And, and these, these poor movie theaters, they just, they don't have anything. That's why I think Top Gun is still playing at some of these theaters because they just, they don't, they don't have anything else to play. And so movie theaters, I mean, getting not to get into the business side of it, but I recommend you do, um, don't just fall in love with the idea of owning a movie theater, but you know, if, if you could have a stage or something turn into a theater or truly something other than just movies, I think it might be a nice adventure for this business events. Um, yeah, I think I think you got a good idea there. More more so a, a Monday or Sunday through Thursday is a, mm -hmm. a different concept, and the Friday and Saturday night movies and make it more of a event on those movie nights versus uh, hey, you can go see a movie anytime you want, right. and maybe even go to the old time movies and the fun stuff. Remember what was yeah. the one movie? Oh my gosh, it was like a cult movie um, that everyone went to when I was back. Not in your picture show. Yes, and things like things like that 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 could be fun. It was like the Rocky movies. You could kind of play off of those or or Grease. Well, you know, did you ever go to the Rocky Horror Picture Show? Nope. Everybody that's there recites every line of the show, <laughs> swears at a certain time, throws stuff at a certain time. It's like it's like a, a, a cult. Yeah, in a funny way, right? Yeah. But yeah, that that could be fun. Kind of, it's. To me, it's almost like it's a boutique or a, a winery or, you know, one of those kind of fun, maybe fun jobs that after Andy's made his billions in real estate, he goes and retires to Hutchinson and lives in one of those upper places and plays movies for people. No. Uh, uh, next caller, please. You could have a bobcat, too. Oh, then I'm in. Exactly. I could blow out the parking lot. I'd be okay with it then. I, oh, I'd be, See, we just had to find kids, the right. You know what's funny is my kids will grab my my iPad that I got. You know, one by the way from from Remax. They uh, did drawings during Christmas, and I won an iPad. I've never had one, so I'm like, what do you even do with these dumb things? 
Well, now every morning I get up with coffee and the dog and I'm, I'm flipping through all this internet stuff. And my kids go to my Instagram all the time and they laugh because they think it's funny. They'll go to the search bar and they'll look and they'll see like all the things that I search. And they're like, dad, why do you watch snow plowing videos? That is so stupid. Why do you watch tractor videos? And then I have like cabin. So it's cabin pictures, tractors, and then hot chicks. And then it's like, I'm like, well, I've got very distinctive tastes. Yeah. Uh, I guess. You do. You're 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 a different but good breed. Thank you. Thank you very little. Uh, another one: a charming downtown Rosemont building on sale for nine hundred fifty thousand dollars. It's a retail okay. space, right in the downtown of Rosemont. Look at those new uh, apartments back there. Yeah. Bill. Yeah. yeah. This is uh, downtown. Downtown Rosemont is pretty cool, though. I'll tell you, there's a lot of still old stores, the hardware store, um, but commercial space with, with units on top is, uh, I don't know, it's a, it's a good concept. And I also think that it is um, a trendy, possible trendy concept that will get people excited in which to be able to buy something like that. True. What do you think, Andrew? I like it. I think you know, as retail stores struggle, um, and you know the relevancy of service is it, it's a it's getting to be a little more of a risky sector, operations or anything like that, where you you spend your nine fifty and you got two tenants in there and you're covering your your uh, debt service, but then all of a sudden you have your your improvements that are you know draining you, as they say. So, it, it would really depend. You'd have to really do a complete, you know, analysis of that property. I'd also look at what it costs um, to, to demo the building. I hate to say it. Um, if there was a situation where, you know, you wanted to sell it as a lot or a, um, uh, whatever, you know, a gas station, whatever it might be. Um, yeah. I don't know if downtown Rosemont would could support that. But if I mean, if there's enough land with it, you never know. It's very possible. Yeah. True. Which one would you buy, Andy Hutchinson or Rosemont? Um, I would buy the um. How many apartments did they have in Hutchinson for? Yeah, and how much was Hutchinson? One million. One million. So they're both a million bucks, basically. And that one had, and the other one had four tenants, right? Hutchinson had, had four luxury apartments. This has all one bedrooms. So you'd but be relying on the income for four apartments. So let's even say. You could generate four or five, six thousand a month off your luxury apartments at the most. Um, because I don't think people would pay much more than that in Hutchison to be downtown above a movie theater. Cause every night when you have the movie on, everybody's awake above you. Um, but um, I don't know. I, I guess I would like the Hutchinson, but um Rosemont I think has more earning potential with having two apartments up and then having the uh, two retail down. I I'd, I'd go Hutchison. I think I my heart would go with Hutchinson. Uh, my pocketbook would go with Rosemount. Just because it's closer, I know more. I could probably get people in below that I'd, I'd want. And But I think Hutchinson would be super fun. I, I think you could. I, I'd, I'd obviously need to go feel out. The, I mean, I know the town's a great little town. Um, yeah. It's bigger than you think, too. I mean, they've got a lot of stuff there. And it's not that far out. I mean, it's... It's right. a little ways out, but it's not. It's not like two hours out. So, 
Keeps you close yeah. to the cities. That's what uh, we know. Beautiful. Um, let's get into some social media reacts, some fun stuff. It's going to be brought to you by Chris Rooney, Home Experts. Got the... When I was just, I was just one... one years old, when my family started in real estate, where both my parents were agents, they also dabbled in investing in real estate, rentals, flips, and construction. After college, I went right into getting my license in July of 1990. As a 23-year-old agent in an industry that looks nothing like today, I had to know more for my clients to choose me. There wasn't Zillow or social media to tell them how good I was. I had to win them over with knowledge. With knowledge comes confidence, and with confidence comes results. I found you stay here. You stay here with Stephanie. You take me to him. Take me to the son of a bitch. Take me to him. Come on. Go, 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 go. Go, 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 go. Where's the son of a bitch? Where is he? Where is he? God, where? That that was me when we were at CCO when I when I saw that Zillow was in the building. With who? Zillow? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's some guaranteed sales realtor mm -hmm. was close by. Um, well, here I go again. I kind of need some explanation on that one. I don't know. I mean, is it uh, they're not going to mess around with anyone screwing, screwing stuff up in their homeowners association or what? Yeah. I have found a lot that the homeowners association are kind of get afraid of um, people. Oh. That threaten to sue and... Uh, and, and kind of get away with stuff that they're probably not supposed to get away with. But you just have to know when you go into a homeowner's association, you read the rules and restrictions. I'm telling you, read them because you, it, it might tick you off if you can't have your flower pot in the front um, of, you know, if, if it's not two feet next to the door, you might not be able to get that. So or, or you're challenging the new rules. You're enforcing rules that are vague, you know, like, like you're talking about, maybe there's vague, description of having personal property in the front area and they consider that to be decorative not personal property or whatever and somebody starts enforcing it and that that is where i'm telling you you got it you, you do have to be careful because i think you you upset the wrong person and now let's say like you said that individual goes after that person and says i'm suing you for misrepresenting the association and the association doesn't have enough money to defend you and you get sued over it and it it can be a mess most people don't have enough money to sue, though, either. So right. they say, oh, I'm going to sue you. They don't realize that that means I'm going to invest $40,000 into a big maybe that I might get something out of you. And and sue every one of my neighbors. That's basically what you're doing. Yeah. And so you're kind of a pariah in the neighborhood on there. But, yeah, read them. I mean, there's things like like parking. I mean, if you think about parking, a lot of them are you can't, you know, be parked in the same spot outside more than 24 hours. At a, at a time. So if you've got a third car, so you get a two car garage and you've got a third car, you know, that thing's got to be leaving like every day. It's not like you're, uh, you just got to watch that because some people will complain about that. And um, in some of these situations and how townhouses are um, orientated, you, you have some problems with parking big time. And same with on street parking. It's a, it's a tough thing. Well, you know, back in the day, I mean, associations are <clears throat> there for a reason to protect the rules. 
And so, so I have these, you know, really nice uh, logoed trailers. And I was using one to help my son move into his, his apartment. And so I was, and it, we kind of have a rule that you can't be in your driveway or having for more than 48 hours. So I parked the trailer in there, loaded it. And then in the morning we left and then we, we unloaded it and then we came back. And then that night we parked it again. And I basically got accused of having my trailer parked in the driveway for the whole week because I was coming and going a couple of times, but I was never consecutively there. And it, it's, you know, our new association group is very laxed. They, they've relaxed a lot. But prior to that, it was it was a, when we were moving my kid into college years ago, they were they were all over that. They just loved this. Is, that this is your house. Uh huh. Really? Yeah, I didn't even know you guys had an association over there. What's it for? Collecting the bills. I know, but just like landscaping? Uh, well, we have a big fountain in the backyard on a pond. And so we're yeah. on a, like a 10-acre little pond. Yeah. And they uh, put fountains in there and they clean it and they have yeah. a couple outlot areas. So the, th- the big thing is, Chris, you know, at least with the North Metro, I don't know about the South Metro, but the, the municipalities up here, you as a developer go in there to develop your piece of land and they're they're like, okay, great. We want this. We want all of the rain to be captured on the streets and put into retention ponds or gardens or whatever you want to call They call them what rain gardens, whatever. And we want all that water to have a chance to soak back into the soil and go into the ground, right? We've all heard the argument of permeable, non-permeable. This kind of takes advantage of, of not worrying about that because it captures down the street, puts it into the ponds. And then what happens is, is that over time, there's, so there's all these areas that nobody really takes care of. So the cities, in lieu of them having to take on all this additional space to man, manage or maintain, they will call them outlots. And then these outlots have to be managed, insured, and taken care of by these associations. And so when people are shopping for new construction, they go, oh, I don't want to live in an area with an association. There, there are really, really, really good shot that there's one out of 200 that don't have an association. The rest of them have associations, but the rules are very vague. Like some of our associations are just, you know, we collect $100 a year. Um, we do a national night out party and we clean the ponds in the spring. That's it. And and then there's some associations where they include your garbage and your water. So just read the fine print before you get scared of an association. Just understand what the association is designed to, to help with. Sometimes it's just to help with the open space in the park areas. Sometimes it's to enforce rules and, and or a little bit of both. And most of these rules are designed to save property values. I mean, yeah. if Andy keeps his trailer parked out in the driveway, you know, every night and all of a sudden it turns into Fred Sanford's house, you know, that's that's going to be a problem for the neighbors. And so it's how you kind of protect yourself within that. And some people have a, a real big problem with that. And that's fine. Now you just find kind of a, an alternative area because some of the older neighborhoods didn't have associations. They're... A lot of the new construction, almost every one of them have some sort of something to take care of something because the developer didn't want to do it. The city didn't want to take it on. So they created associations so the homeowners have to. Mm-hmm. So. And this next one, I came across this lady and she's blowing up on the social media, but she does like, it's very classy, nothing crazy like I'm used to with the real estate uh, um, <laughs> advertising. So I'm sure association Nick's gauge is different than ours, um, just to be clear. I think I think she's really, you know, tapping into who she is and, and not doing the trends, and it, it's worked a lot. So check it out. Yeah. Welcome to 181 Onion Creek Lane. 
This stunning home is located in the heart of the Texas Hill Country and is perfect for families looking for a luxurious and spacious living experience. This home has 12-foot high ceilings at the kitchen and living room, which provide an open and airy feel. The shaker-style cabinetry and quartz countertops in the kitchen are not only stylish, but also durable and low-maintenance. The spacious floor plan is designed to maximize natural light and provide a bright and welcoming atmosphere. With 4 bedrooms and 3.5 baths, this home offers ample space for both family and guests. This home is the epitome of luxury living in the Texas Hill Country. With its beautiful finishes and spacious layout, it is sure to provide comfort and relaxation for years to come. If you want to have a private tour of this property, call or text 737-281-5119. Ah, he doesn't that's, understand, does he? That's classy. Very classy, Nick. You're right. Do, do, the, do the same video without walking in a tight skirt through every other scene. <laughs> um, and watch the, oh, she had six views like our videos. Hey, there, uh, let's redo that and we'll do it, Andy. And we'll see how many how we blow up. We totally do the old uh, RuPaul lipstick and wigs and walking with our tight skirts on. Uh, <laughs> you know, the sad thing is we'd probably get views. Yeah. I think it's would. I think it's like the relaxation, the background music, how calm it was, like setting the tone. Obviously, she's attractive, but all the stuff I see nowadays is loud, abrasive, following trends. And I think she's doing something I haven't really seen on, on Instagram Reels, so. And that's ta and that's taken off. Yeah, she's big time. Huh? Like eight hundred thousand Instagram followers. Wow, that's impressive. I don't care what what she's selling. Yeah, impressive. <laughs> the wording was nice too, though. It, it really yeah, was. No, no, I, I, I'm not. I'm. Don't don't misinterpret what I'm saying. And she's doing a wonderful job of taking advantage of the situation she's in, in a good way. Mm -hmm. Um. That happens in real life for you and I every day here too in the Twin Cities. There's yeah. a, there's a, a team that does that here very close to me that really uh, pushes the well dressed, nice looking um, agents. I don't know who that is. Who? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call it out. Are you oh. kidding me? Well, there's nothing wrong with calling out. You know who I'm talking about? They're doing good. I think they're doing just fine. Yes, but I bet you 99% of their customers are males. <laughs> oh wow oh 99 if not more that's impressive luxury lifestyle right there baby yeah that is that is awesome that's and andy what's yes. your brother gonna construct that for for somebody uh 350. Yeah, it's going to be not cheap, I'll tell you. But when you have uh, to beautiful. have things that are symmetrically laid out like that, and you have to really think. I think that's where the old uh, the old uh, calculator gets pulled out. Is that when Mr. Prasky, uh, life coach, goes and uh, gets uh, some help from some people, is, or is he yeah. good with a ruler? No, no he uh, they, he has on staff architects that do all that for him. Yep, so that's what I said. He's got to go get them. Mm -hmm. Big Matt. Is he still crushing it? Yes. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's doing real well, Midwest. Did you hear the news? Remax agents have been named the most trusted real estate agents in the U.S. and Canada. So how'd they earn that title? By working hard for their clients, by knowing the market, by having more skills, and just by being awesome. So have a secret, trust a friend. Have a worry, trust your gut. See something weird, trust your eyes. But if you want to buy or sell a house, well, you know who to trust now. So what... Uh... Where did that come from? How did they determine they're the most trusted? I think that was the old uh, Remax corporate that did that video, if I wasn't mistaken. No. Yeah. There must have been some sort of something, something that says, hey, they trust us the most. I don't like when people say that when they don't have well, something. Like, that, I, like, who says it? I mean, do, do you go? I mean, obviously, I think we're Remax, so I, I'm all for it. But it's one right. of those things that... Uh, Tell me who said it, or, or was it a survey? The top, of the top in the world? 300 surveyed, yeah. The top, the last 300 surveyed customers said, you know, yeah, right. I, well, because that, that's uh, there are so many. I, I'm making fun of it because I mean, God bless all of us. We all need something to celebrate. But I mean, I was a top 13 percenter, and then they give like the whatever association or the you know the um, best of the best awards. Well, from who? And it's like there's so many of these fake awards. I, I've seen it where builders do that too with these cities where all of a sudden they'll say, I was ranked the number one builder in Maple Grove by Maple Grove Magazine. Well, there's no Maple Grove Magazine. So it's like, you know, it's like. What? I happen to produce and write that magazine, but <laughs> hey, you you know what's happening now? It's, it's, it's awards. It's awards time or something because yeah. every realtor on social media is showing everyone their are awards. Oh, you're you're going to see me. I'm going to be glamoring all over the place here over the next couple of weeks. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I'm like, do you have anything that I can wear for, like, bling? Instead of just carrying a trophy, can I wear it? Like Kirk Cousins. I like it. Yeah. All right. What do we got here? Uh, Andy, I think this is yours. <laughs> okay. My agent uh, competed with me while representing me and submitted a higher offer. Purchased the house living in uh, in it. I just found out about it six months after this happened. What can I do about it? Oh, wow. So basically so they, you- You basically out, you out, uh, well, you outbid your client. You went for it as well. So as an agent, I mean, you better disclose that. <laughs> disclose that, hey, I'm gonna also write right up and that might be a time that you're like you know what why don't I, i'm going to put you with one of my associates here because this is a house that i'm interested in as well and mm -hmm. i mean it's pretty easy to outbid the other person if you know exactly what they bid and that's pretty short short-sighted thinking for that agent to do oh, that i mean you know that that is just not that's not what i'm about not what you're about or most 99 percent of the agents that are out there yeah. that's a you know, I hate to say it, but that's that part-time real estate agent that doesn't really care and they want to get a couple good deals and then they get out of the business or whatever they their version of that is. I think that's an ethics complaint. And so you just got to go to the Association right. of Realtors and file that against that realtor if you want. Um, I don't think you're you're going to get the house or they're going to end up selling it to you. But uh, I think that's, that's worthy if the agent didn't do what they're supposed to do, that they should be called out on that for sure. For sure. Well, you, you, you take a 
the fiduciary responsibilities. And when you put your own uh, interest in front of somebody else's, that that whole rhythm doesn't work. No, totally done. All right, I got uh, an interesting Reddit thread. It's about uh, what's the most ridiculous, funny, or silly buyer demands you've ever had. So we're going to go through them, and you guys are going to kind of talk about uh, in your in your careers if you've heard any crazy things. So it's going to be our story time. We haven't done this for a while. Hmm. Why? It's a lot of years. You imagine you and I dancing like Fred Flintstone across the stage on our toes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Remember, All remember right. that. Do you remember I'm talking about Fred Flintstone goes and he's gonna go to bowl, and as he pulls the ball up and he did it, and then he throws the ball. Did they call him Twinkle Toes, Fred? Yeah. 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 So, all right. Um, had a couple that had a seven-year-old daughter. We looked at several houses and found a real winner. The owners of the house had a Siamese cat that had had kittens about two weeks prior. So the kittens were peak adorable, and the girl fell in love with them. We submitted an offer contingent on the owners leaving the two kittens behind. They agreed. On the day of the closing, I went to the title company with a card box and a two two-month-old Siamese kittens. One in a pink bow and one in a blue. A few years later, I helped them sell their home. The cats were part of their uh, family. So what, isn't that something? That's a, that, that's kind of a, a demand. I've never heard. I've heard it with um, fish, like in, in ponds. I've had where, um, you know, they have like a koi pond or something like that to last for some of the fish. But then I tell you, if people are really into it, those fish are expensive. Oh, I know. How about chickens? With chicken coops, those are starting to go with deals now too. I've had people be contingent upon finding a house that's in an area that will allow oh. a goose. Okay, a I had a million and a half dollar buyer, and she had a pet goose. I'm not. This is no joke. She had a pet goose. Do you know how many jurisdictions or cities will not allow goose? Hmm. Um, they'll let chickens, geese, not geese. I don't blame them. I'm chasing those things off my yard all the time. Yeah. I can't even imagine what would make you love a goose, but I don't know. No, we tried for almost a year find, trying to find her a property. And I finally said, why don't we just ask for forgiveness, then permission? Yeah. And we found a property and she's happily ever after. Yeah. Wow. Not that I advise her to break any rules, but. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. I said, had a buyer uh, kill the deal because of a uh, lint phobia. Had a seller keep falling asleep with cigarettes and burning holes in the carpet. Oh, um, had a seller who claimed to be psychic uh, kept reading me, but she was just weird. <laughs> had a seller taking appliances from the house because he wasn't getting high enough offers. I, was just, I thought it was not that high. Um, had an estate sale for a lady who had nine cats. The city took six away. I removed two dead cats and took one uh, to a shelter. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of ordinances that say you can't have more than yes. six animals in a house or four animals. For for sure, yeah. An agent in my office got an offer a hundred thousand over list, um, and a year's worth of free Chick Fil A. Hey, that sounds good. Yeah, had a renter who refused to do a background check because it was an invasion of his privacy. No kidding. Um, had a buyer who wanted uh, sellers to install a new toilet because of stains. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, um, I, I've had that before where yeah. a buyer required them to remove all the toilets because they were going to replace them all. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, you have to wait till after the appraisal for mm -hmm. that to happen. But they did it. 
because they wanted all new toilets. It's a, it's an interesting way to do it. Yeah, that's a that's a the whole toilet thing is an interesting thing. Yeah, it, it really is. I've I've heard more stories about toilets in my day. It's just like what, but yeah. I thought the one thing was good. I mean, they didn't even worry about what toilets were there. Is, I'm just replacing them all. It just it just doesn't matter. Well, between that and like you know the other thing that I think is kind of odd, I never had it until out out east. A lot of people take their washer and dryer with them, and I'm like, well, why would you do that? And they're like, because all your body, you know, dander and hair and whatever's in your wash machine, and who who wants that or or your dog or whatever you washed them there pre, prior. And I'm like, yeah. you know, in my head, I'm kind of I don't get that weird, but. Out there, they do quite a bit. So that's considered really personal property you bring with you and take with you. Um, you get it where the the home can never have had pets in it, you know? Chris, you know, what about your situation where when you sold that uh, that uh, piece of land down in, uh, what is it, Elko Newmarket, where they had the uh, Lincoln signed off on the, uh, the deed, and then there was some bottles of, like... Uh, hooch or whatever from the floorboards of the the, the barn in the barn what about yeah, it? Remember that? what about the hooch didn't come with it no i thought it did i thought you had a deal where they said if they bought the property they would have there was from prohibition they had they found some bottles of whiskey still on the floor of the barn they did yeah yeah and yeah they, oh i can't i i don't remember i don't remember how it all went well, the Actually. guy that you brought in told us that if you bought his property, um, the last lot that he had, which was the original. Oh, yeah. Bernie came in at the radio show. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then he said, I'm going to give you one of my bottles that I found that was my great grandfather's or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I don't think we ever did give it to that person that ended up buying it. We ended up oh. selling out that whole subdivision. But uh... I would uh, I would rather have everybody <laughs> at closing um, uncork it and have a quick little glass. and Yeah. You know, be more ceremonial. Kind of fun. That was that was a very interesting thing because I sat with the whole family. It was a, a family development, and they brought out some of the old, you know, photos and different things of their family. And you know, we're just kind of going over it all. And all of a sudden, I saw that deed. I'm like, oh my god! I mean, Lincoln signed that between inauguration and the Civil War. I mean, it was crazy. And uh, I'm like, you guys, this is huge. And so we made that like a, a big part of the marketing campaign and people just ate that up and they talk about it. So yeah, worked out pretty cool. That but, is cool. That was a fun yeah. one. Yeah. Unusual. Yeah. Good stuff. But are we supposed to say what uh, other weird things we've had, Nick? Um, yes. Well, it's just like ridiculous, funny, silly. Um, I, I had um, for, for kind of over the top, I built a house a couple of years back for an individual where they had very specific odd sleeping hours. And so we made, we had to have a room that was as, as close to soundproof as we could get. So we ordered in special matting material that goes behind the drywall that was um, made by NASA that this, I mean, it was like $5,000 for this matting just to go around this room. Then we had to insulate the, the actual ductwork and we had to run a separate zone. Um, they wanted it far enough away from the room so that they wouldn't hear it running. Uh, steel door on there that looked like it was wood. So we special ordered a door. Um, and then, so it had its own thermostat in there too. So we keep it exactly like 65 degrees. And then they wanted to have it completely room darkening. And so we had these special blinds made that literally covered it with another cloak over the top. And so it was, it was unbelievable. It was a black, 
like as night room in the middle of the day with 65 degrees and you couldn't hear a darn thing in there. Andy, what do you think the cost to, to create that was? Well, I know it was about $12,000 on top of regular construction. That's not, not horrible though, actually. No. Well, you know, like I had another guy that um, wanted an acoustic room. So he was a, a professional guitar player. And so we did a cool like acoustic room. We bought this uh, product like from a company called like Technofoam or something like that, where they have these acoustic panels. And so we sheetrocked it, but then we put up these panels everywhere. And so he could sit in there and record on his on his uh, guitar, which was super cool. That was a cool request. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of fun when you're remodeling or you're building, you can do some real, real fun things. I did have a client. I'm just trying to think of different things for myself too, that had a client that refused that would not buy a house that had a numbered address. So 150th, 202nd Avenue, things like that. They wouldn't do that. It had to have a name um, instead, which I thought was interesting. I had some customers that were superstitious about the numbers. They had to add up to like an even number versus an odd number or they wouldn't buy the house because it was considered to be, and I'm talking like we had some beautiful houses lined up, perfect location, perfect everything. And then grandma would say, nope, sorry guys. The uh, the old address adds up to a, a five and we're out. And and I was like, oh my God, that, that was hard for me because I didn't, un- I didn't understand the significance of that because, and then of course me as a, as Andy, I'm like going, why didn't you guys run the math before we did the showing? Like, why didn't you have grandma look at the address? So we didn't even waste our time because Obviously, you got your hearts broken. This was a young couple, not quite as into tradition as grandma was. But grandma says, nope, this is bad luck. We're out. Yeah, that's interesting because I had I had a house that the seller had told me that there was ghosts in the house, you know. And I was like, all right, whatever, you know. And there was some weird stuff that you, you'd hear, but it was there was it wasn't one. It was it was kind of a, a family and mm-hmm. of ghosts. And had an open house and it was there and it was vacant and they, they had moved out and it was kind of a rental. They did, they didn't move out because of the ghost, but uh, the buyer came in and kind of walked in two steps in, kind of sat there, kind of looked a little, she goes, I'll buy it. And she bought it and she totally was kind of had that energy that they were really friendly and that they were going to kind of protect her and take care of her. I was like, what? seriously? Yeah. There are some weird we, people. We don't have to disclose that. Yeah. There are but some weird people south of 694, Rooney. Hey, there's a lot of people that, uh, that I sold that in Champlain, by the way. But um, <laughs> they, uh, I'm telling you, it, a lot of people have that energy ability to be able to kind of feel different things. And this was like a real positive, positive ghost. And so we've had ugly, bad ones too, just so you know. I've, I've never had the privilege. Yeah. But I may not be paying attention to that side of it, right? Hey, Andy, talking about Champlain, yeah. that's a, a northern suburb real close kind of to Canada, just a little south of Canada, that uh, yeah. has a lot of good stuff going around it. I know there's there's Blaine and there's Dayton, uh, Anoka kind of over by the river. And I'm just yeah. wondering, if I had to buy and or sell a house up there, who would I go to? You go to Andy Prasky. Come on, man. No, I. Uh, oh, so this is my commercial. Yes. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. hey guys, <laughs> are you thinking about? Hey, here's what I would start with. A lot of people are coming back to us nowadays, and they're saying, "Hey, you know, I think I missed the market last year. I'm, I'm concerned that we're, you know, we waited too long to sell." And here's what I would tell you: 
right now it's it's a great time to sell. We're we're seeing um, houses like for an example, last year we list a house for four hundred, and then you'd have an offer that would come in at four twenty five, and we're seeing that twenty five thousand off the top gone. But there was ten offers on that house when it sold at four twenty five. Only one of them offered over. The other nine buyers are still out there, and they're still willing to pay the four hundred or a little bit more, but they don't want to go quite four twenty five. So here's the thing. We get the house ready for sale. We, we put it up. Uh, there's very limited amount of uh, sell, uh, sales right now or houses for sale. So you, you get a lot of attention. Um, you know, go through a step by step how to get your house ready to sell. I'll do that with you. And then we can, uh, you know, obviously get you to market, get you the most amount possible and the best offer possible. Did you, Chris, did you know that you can actually yeah, sell a house with contingencies as a seller? Yeah. Oh, and, and call Andy Pras or go to Prasky.com. I said one of the things that I'm I'm starting to see come back a little bit is the with sellers. We're starting to see where the sellers have contingencies, like they have 30 days to find the the house of their choice, or they're asking for you know extended closing dates, like 60 day closing dates, just because they don't have anything selected yet and they want to have enough time and not have to worry about getting a rental. You know, so we're seeing a lot of those, and and that's fine. The the buyers seem to be okay with all that. That's one of my things that I try to do on um, multiple offer situations. If we have our buyers, let's try to be as flexible as we can with the closing and give the seller an option in which to do it. Because sometimes it's very stressful for people to get uh, a home sold and then have to move out of it. If you can kind of give them a little time, even with possession, you know, you close in uh, the end of February, but give them till the end of March. I know it's crazy. And most loans say you have to be in there within 60 days. But if you give them that option and then and do it in a way that is like, what are you serious or willing to do this? And not like and what I mean by that is don't charge them any rent to be able to do it. Just include that in on your offer. And that's part of your advantage, because that's hard to equate for someone. And it's like, oh, my gosh, it's totally different. That's the person that will let us stay here for free for a month kind of thing versus, hey, that one was 400. This one was 402. That guy. He's 400, but he's going to let us stay here a month, you know, and right. so how important is that to them? Sometimes that can work in your favor rather than just giving money away. So. Same. That's awesome. All right. Is this, is this me? Nick? I think, I think this is mine. Okay. One of your best clients calls you to sell their rental properties, but they want to sell the home with a renter in the house. What shall I do? This is a real estate role play. So if I'm talking to that client, I, I'm going to warn them right right from the beginning that they're going to probably get less for their property than they would if they would, uh, you know, remove the people. But I'm going to give them. Hey, hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Andy is uh, one of your best clients. So let him. It's a role play between you both. Oh, wow. Andy, come to me and ask me to do this. Listen, Rooney, if you want my business. This is what you're going to do. What, am I, what would you like me to do? Because ultimately, Andy, you are the boss. You make the decisions. I give you the information that, that leads you in that direction, hopefully to get you the most amount of money that you can. Well, that sounds wonderful, Chris. Thank okay. you. Um, yeah. I just don't want to have to deal with my tenant, and they have an 18-year uh, lease, and so That's I don't cool. want to get them out of there. Okay. Okay, so you're, you, you'd like to sell it with this 18-year lease in place. Yes. Okay. I'm going to suggest a couple things, Andy. Number one, we can certainly market it like that. 
if you want. The the odds of us getting a, a we'll probably get a long term investor, but those long term investors also know that uh, there's probably not a lot of people that are willing to take an 18 year lease, but maybe there is some, and they're going to want it for a little less money. So we're just gonna we're gonna eliminate a lot of our buyers. Um, maybe I could suggest a couple other things that that might be able to help. And instead of um, saying that you're stuck with an 18-year lease, why don't we turn it around and say, hey, there's a possibility that we could get a lease signed for 18 years for you. Make it look like an advantage. And then we go to your tenant and say, you know what? I know you have an 18-year lease in place, but what if we offered you, you know, five, ten thousand $10,000 if we sold it and you moved out? And then we could probably extend some um, possession time. When would it work for you? You know, maybe I could help you with uh, the deposit on the next house as well and get you into a new rental. I mean, would that be, would you be open to that? I'm just trying to find ways in which to get the most money because if we're stuck in one narrow little thing, it's not going to be great. I, th I think I'm ready to sign stuff. I'm uh... ready to sign. Sign and be done. All right. Well, let's. No, I think, you know, Chris, I think the other thing to consider is when you do have a rental. You know, one thing that my, I've, cause I've dealt with this too, where they don't, the tenant has a, you know, be more realistic. They have another, they're, they're through the end of June or something like that. Right. So, yeah. and, but they want to sell now cause they want the money now to buy another property. And so that's a little easier to get signed, but cooperation from a renter is another thing. Now those renters will literally be eating dinner and they don't care. Fine. Let people come through. As long as I got 24 hour notice, that's all the lease says we have to have. And they let people walk through the renter will also make sure to tell all those people what they don't like about the house or what they don't like about the neighbors or what they do. Cause they, in, in theory, don't want you to buy the place cause they want to continue renting there. So it, it a lot of times what I will say is, Hey, I'll give you $50 or hundred dollars to go out to dinner every time I have a showing or whatever, go get coffee. Um, so let's say you have 10 showings. So you spend a thousand dollars getting that person out of that house. And then you sell it for 15,000 more because of it. Well worth the money. Um, those, those tenants sometimes can be your, your worst anchor when you're trying to move forward on a project. And you can really incentivize them too and give them a bonus if the house sells. Just yeah. say, Hey, if you, if you make it look good and I get this amount of money, I'll give you $5,000. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's well, 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 like you said, well, well worth it. Get, get them on your team for sure. Yeah. Cause they can destroy it. They can destroy okay. the sale or something. All right. So I think I'm the first time home buyer. Um, I win first time home buyer wins on multiple offers and, and gets an inspection with it. The parents come to the inspection and want to ask for many things. How do you handle? All right. So yeah. I'm the first time home buyer. You obviously, Andy got me the deal and he actually got me an inspection to go with it. And so we're doing the inspection and Andy, you know, I know we, we got this place, but I, uh, you know, you know, my mom and dad were with, and they're just thinking that the furnace is, is not that. I know it's only eight years old, but they don't think it's going to last another 20, and that'll cost me some money in 20 years to be able to replace the furnace. And I know that the roof is, um, has got a couple shingles that are missing. And so I'd like to ask for a, a new furnace and get a, to get a roof as well. Well, Chris, we both know that your parents are idiots. And um, we, <laughs> no, what, why are you going to start listening to your parents now? You didn't listen to your parents when you got that tattoo. You didn't listen to your parents when you bought that expensive car. 
up number season. So no, so what I what I'll do with somebody like that is I'll say, listen, why don't we take those things into consideration? Why don't you let me run a quick market analysis on that house? And I know that the agent thinks they listed those house with those items included as deductions. Let's verify that that's the case. Because a lot of times agents will price a house accordingly, knowing that those things are not in there. And so they'll price the house down a little cheaper. So the, the illusion that you're going to get them to fix them may be um, where we offer a cooperation where we say, hey, listen, you know, we, we know these items are going to be a certain amount of money. Why don't we split it, raise the purchase price because we know it'll praise. I, I'll give you a homework. I'll do some due diligence for you. Let you know where the house is priced, if it's correct, and if we have room to wiggle on this thing. Um, we can always ask for whatever you wish, but reality is you'll upset them and they'll go with another buyer. Um, so you'll they'll just cancel on you. And they're, they, they're not required to, if you make that as a, a term of removal, they're not required to counter. They, they could just say, no, when we're done, we're going to move on to another offer and, and kick you to the curb. So if you do really want this house, I suggest we do a fair um, assessment of the property. And really make sure that you look like you know what you're talking about when we go back with a, with our counter offer. Well, Andy, I know I've lost out on seven other offers, you know, <laughs> before we got this one, and they because they wouldn't let me do an inspection. But I just think it's important, and I I just don't want to get into all these expenses. Right, I, I and I think that you know it's only fair that we take a look at you know again, is the house priced for the condition that it's in, and if it is. Then, then we're probably not going to get a lot of leverage out of the seller. The seller priced it attractively so that they could, you could make that investment and still be underneath the cap of what they call market value. Um, and if, if we don't have the extra money, it's a very popular option to ask people to do those items for us. And then we raise the purchase price maybe to cover and, and ask them to participate. Maybe the key thing, that's where you get the value out of the off the counter. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I basically, I just, I just don't want, I mean, that's like a hundred thousand dollars for those things. For a furnace and a roof? Yes. You got those numbers from your parents, didn't you? Well, that's what, that's what dad said. Yeah. 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 Um, well, uh, that, that, that good old dad, um, let's do this too. Why don't we ask for an extension on the, the, uh, actual, uh, home inspection. Let me run, uh, an, uh, roofing contract out here. Let's get that furnace contract out here. Take a look at it, put some facts in front of you so you can make a decision that's actually factual versus emotional. That sounds like an emotional answer to well, it. In the meantime, can I go see this other house that just came on the market today? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. All right. I suggest you call the Zillow agent and uh, have them show it to you. <laughs> call me if you want to write on it. Um, I think that's a good idea. Have the Zillow agent show it and then you write the offer. It's a business strategy. It hasn't worked so far, yeah. but totally. No, I, I I'm not. There are Zillow agents. There's Zillow agents now too. Oh yeah, I well they call I call them Zillow agents because that's all they they live on is they they have the Zillow funnel, you know, and that's all they drink. Okay. <laughs> um, no, but here we go again. Different. I think you've I think you've went after a couple different people today. <laughs> yeah, I know I've got a lot of pending lawsuits outside the door here, but um the. No, the, the idea there, Chris, is I think it's when you come back to a client like that, I would really ask it. They don't have the extra money. They don't have the whatever. So then what you're saying to me is you really do want to get the repair completed. And, and if you're not willing to pay for it, they're not willing to pay for it. Are you willing to walk away from the property? And, and then I would get a better understanding as to what your position is. And so if you say, yeah, if I can't get them to pay for it at this price, I'm walking away. Well, let's let's put our best effort into making that counter. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But you 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 don't you can't be mad at yourself 
and or upset if the situation blows up because they didn't sign the counter. Yeah, I think getting some realistic expectations of what the market is. And I think a lot of people have had that here over the past few years is just lose. You have to lose a few times to kind of understand what's what's happening here. Right. And the people that were losing and they were losing out on, you know, um, 400 and then it went to 410, then it went to 450 and then it went to 465. I mean, if they would have understood, I mean, now they got that house at 410, they would have saved themselves from paying 465. Right. So we had a question there, something about a home seller's warranty with a home warranty. About the it seller great. Yeah. Um, you hey, know, by, I, the way, by the way, I forgot to tell you this. So a couple weeks ago, we're off watching a basketball game over in Osseo. And I'm, I'm literally standing in there with my ticket ready to walk through. And I get this gigantic bear hug from behind. And it goes, and he goes in my ear, goes, guess who? Real creepy. <laughs> yeah. Remember Andrew Workin, the, the guy that used to, always comment on our stuff on the show he he was working at the osseo basketball game and decided to come up and he gives me a big old guess who <laughs> he's, awesome. been looking, he's been looking for you oh no it was great he was he was awesome he's like oh man he goes i just i gotta get commenting again so he listens have, to the podcast oh that's awesome with a home warranties um I are a good thing. That's a, it's a very good option, but I think you just got to be real careful on how you discuss a home warranty because they don't cover everything. And, and sometimes it needs to be, you know, during leap year on a March night that the temperature is 37 degrees. If your fridge breaks down, then they'll replace it. So you just kind of got to watch for that. I just had one. It was a seller one. And, uh, lo and behold, my, um, Water heater went out two days before closing. Yeah, it's like you got to be kidding me. Well, in that, it's like, hey, yeah, it's covered, but it was only it was only a thousand dollars for a water heater, so I had to pay above and beyond that. So just be be aware. It was nice that I got a thousand bucks out of it, but it wasn't a thousand dollars to right. be able to take it. So yeah, you know, and careful. I look at it too. If you know you're going to replace that furnace in the spring or a year from now, anyway, I'd rather have them give me that same twelve hundred bucks they were going to spend on a warranty in cash to go towards that furnace purchase because then I can buy the new furnace quicker, easier, cheaper, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, and I also, you know, the other thing I'd say to you guys is that I've, I've been sold before on the benefits of saying, having your house pre-inspected and offering a home warranty. The the problem you, you have, or the challenge you're going to have guys is that you got to remember those people coming into that house at that open house are also assuming that you're, you're selling them on that house. Right. So just, like the hey right and it's never ran better but home and it doesn't start um i mean that that is a situation where um anyway it seems like we're cutting out here are we good you cut no you're cutting out on me okay awesome Beautiful episode. Hey, give us a like on the Facebook, uh, subscribe to the YouTube. We have a link tree now. So you click the link tree, you see all our websites, you see everywhere we're streaming. Um, send us in any questions you have, and we'll see you next week. See you guys. Bye-bye. Yeah.
Thanks for joining us this week on the Real Estate Radio Hour. Don't forget to visit our website, realestateradiohour.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast listening app. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or sharing us with a friend. Until next time, stay awesome, Twin Cities.